We are now standing in the face of the greatest historical confrontation humanity has gone through. And I do not think the wide circles of American society or the Christian community fully realize this. We are now facing the final confrontation between the church and the anti-church, between the gospel and the anti-gospel. This confrontation lies within the plans of divine providence, and it is a trial which the whole church must take up courageously. These words were delivered by Carol, Cardinal Carol Wotiva about 50 years ago, the man who would become St. Pope John Paul II in his visit to America in 1978. With that clear prophecy, a clear vision, being able to decipher, determine the signs of the time and to speak so clearly. And I think that if we're honest, those words could be uttered just as truthfully and maybe even more earnestly today, this great confrontation between the gospel and the anti-gospel, the church and the anti-church. And this quote is fitting as we come to gather this morning to celebrate Christ, the King of the universe. Because Jesus Christ is the only answer to this confrontation. And with him, we can face it courageously. But without him, the battle will continue to be lost. We celebrate this day for only the 98th time as a solemnity, a liturgical celebration. <clears throat> Jesus Christ as king has been with the church from the earliest days. But it was in 1925 when Pope Pius XI decreed this feast to be celebrated by the universal church and to be done on a Sunday so that the majority of the Christians the majority of the Catholics would be able to enter into this liturgical celebration. And what was happening in 1925 that instigated this feast day? The world had just been ravaged by that first great war. And there was political disharmony all throughout the lands. And Christian lands were falling prey to the atheistic regimes of totalitarianism, communism, Marxism, socialism. Those statist governments that seek to centralize power <clears throat> and demand complete and total obedience. Not much difference from what we're facing in our own country today. Totalitarian regime seeking to centralize all power and authority and forcing, mandating, blind obedience to everything. As more and more people have adopted the Marxist principles of violence, of, of victim mentality, of pitting two groups against each other, one as the oppressor and one as the victim. This has been the tool of the devil from the very beginning. And we look at our landscape of our country and we see it ravaging lives and families, even today. And so as important and as necessary as Pope Pius XI 
found it to have this feast day back then, we need it more so today. Because Christ must be our king. Christ must reign in our hearts and in our homes. But all things were created through him, for him, and with him. All things are under his feet. So this isn't just a spiritual feast day. It's a total feast day. All aspects of our lives must be surrendered to the lordship, to the kingship of Jesus Christ. As we heard in the gospel for the third time now, the third week in a row from Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus is preparing his disciples for that final judgment, for that moment when Christ comes again and judges, judges his people, separating today the sheep and the goats. Last week it was the three servants. The week before that it was the ten virgins, the ten bridesmaids. The Saint Matthew, Jesus Christ, warning us, preparing us to be prepared for that moment of encounter. To not bury our treasures, but to put the gifts that God has given us in play for the spreading of the gospel, for the proclamation of the gospel. And to put that faith, to put that love of God into action among, with the least among us in our community. Pope Pius XI said it's fitting for this day to come at the end of the liturgical calendar because this is the culmination of all the feasts, all the solemnities, all the celebrations of the life of Jesus that we've celebrated over the last 12 months. It all comes to rest in this truth that Christ is King. And so he will be coming back as a judge. Even as we heard at the beginning, at the end of that first reading, he will come to judge And so the invitation for us is to judge ourselves first. How well have I heard the gospel? Have I listened to the preaching, the proclamation of the good news of Jesus Christ, the saving message? And have I, sur have I surrendered my life to him? We end this liturgical year, so it's a good day to do, a good time to do an inventory of our lives. Is there any aspect of my life that has not yet surrendered to Jesus Christ? In that letter that he wrote proclaiming this feast, Pius XI said, It must be clear that not one of our faculties is exempt from the empire of Jesus Christ. He must reign in our minds, which should give perfect submission and firm belief to the revealed truths and doctrines. Christ must reign in our wills, that we obey the laws and the precepts of God. He must reign in our hearts, which should spurn natural desires and the love of God above all things and teach us to cling to him alone. And he must reign in our bodies which should serve as instruments for the interior sanctification of our souls. 
So is Christ the king of your mind? Is he the king of your will, of your heart, of your body? And for those of you entrusted with the raising of children, is this the truth for them? Is your life as a parent lived in such a way that your kids know that Christ is your king? The places you go, the things you buy, the, especially the clothing that you buy for your children, does it display the dignity of a child of God? When you make your schedule, is Christ first every day, but especially on Sunday? Does Christ reign in your homes? That warning that St. John Paul II gave to us, we need to hear again and again this great confrontation that we are in a battle. As we heard from the second reading from St. Paul, that Christ is coming and he will put all things under his feet, all things in their proper order. Which side will will we be judged on? Where will we find ourselves? In the same time frame that Pope Pius XI wrote this document and gave us this feast, there was a great civil war going on in Spain where the reigning government was trying to snuff out the church completely. Many, many, many thousands of Catholics killed. At the same time in Mexico, a great battle for the souls of the people as their government sought to snuff out the Catholic Church. It was illegal to be Catholic. Maybe you've, you've watched that movie called For Greater Glory as a fictional depiction of that time as the the Cristero movement is highlighted, that these Catholics who would not sit down, would not be quiet, who took up arms in this great battle for souls. And two young men in particular who are being raised to the altar of the saints. Jose Sanchez del Rio, a 14-year-old boy who was arrested and brought in front of his family and was threatened with death unless he claimed that Christ was dead. The Cristero movement had adopted the mantra. Their motto was, Viva Cristo Rey, long live Christ the King. And they were trying to get this young boy to say death to Christ. He refused. They they tortured him gruesomely, marched him through the street, and then kicked him into a grave in front of his parents. Blessed Miguel Pro, a Jesuit priest who had to flee to Europe to finish his studies and was ordained there, but wanted to go back to Mexico to preach the gospel to his people. He had to hide, wear costumes, secretly go around the country, around the city, proclaiming Christ, preaching the gospel, consecrating the Eucharist, absolving sins. These two young men on the front lines. 
The government leaders tried and tried to frame Miguel Pro, Father Pro. He kept escaping their grasp, and then finally they caught up to him. And they tortured him and, and brought him to the, to the firing squad. And once again, gave him an opportunity to renounce the faith and to claim that Christ was dead, and he refused. But the government was so certain that he would recount, that he would change his mind, that they invited their reporters to take pictures and to document this great reversal of this man who claimed to have this great faith. But they were certain when he faced death that he would turn his back on Christ. They asked for any last words. He said he forgave his enemies and would pray for their souls. And then with the crucifix in one hand and the Holy Rosary in the other, as they were firing at him, he hollered out, he screamed loudly, Vivo Cristo Rey! Que viva! Long live Christ the King! He was 25, 27 years old. In the face of such great opposition, countless people held fast to their faith when so many others turned their back. Pius XI said that we need this feast. We need to celebrate it every year to remind ourselves, not just as an intellectual exercise, but as we go through the motions of the liturgy, as we embrace the great solemnity that we have, Our bodies will tell our minds and tell our souls that Christ really is king. But how do we, what does it look like to become a member of this kingdom? Pius XI reminds us that this kingdom is one that we can only enter through penance through faith, and through baptism. That this kingdom of God demands a detachment from all riches and earthly things. It requires a spirit of gentleness. That we must hunger after thirst and justice. And most importantly, we must deny ourselves and carry our cross. This great confrontation, this great battle for your souls, the soul of you and your family, of our parish community and the world. This is what's at stake. But we have no reason to fear. The stakes are high. The consequences can be daunting. But Christ has already conquered. We heard St. Paul tell us that. Through one man, Adam, death came into the world, but through Jesus Christ we have life. And not just normal human life, spiritual life, abundant life, supernatural life. The life that you were created to live. Christ is coming as judge. But he wants to be your shepherd. He wants to guide you to those green pastures. He wants to anoint your head with oil. He wants to set the table before you. 
He wants to nurture and nourish your souls and your bodies. Christ wants to be your shepherd. He wants to be your king. Will you let him?